You need to know what you're looking for and what you're expecting out of someone. And then you need to know how to efficiently communicate and express that to the other party really before you can hold them accountable. Welcome to Two VAs and a Mic, your guide to making money and serving your community. In our podcast, we'll help you learn about the journey of monetizing your skills and providing your services professionally from the comfort of your home. We also will talk to our business owners, authors, writers, CEOs, and solopreneurs who may use or benefit from using a VA in their business. Boil all that down to two VAs and a mic, and then mix them together with two different perspectives flared with expertise. What do you get? Shantae Harris, founder of Shantae's VA, LLC. And Lovely Brooks, founder of Lovely Occasions and Etc. LLC. First thing I want to say is that you cannot hold anyone accountable if you have not made your expectations clear. Those two things go hand in hand. There is nothing worse than a person who wants to hold someone accountable, but quite honestly, it's more like miscommunication. And the person's like, well, you didn't say that. That's not the picture I got. That's not my understanding. I wasn't aware. I mean, you can still hold those people accountable, but obviously that is a whole different ballpark, right? Because you're like, oh, well, maybe I just didn't communicate it well or so forth. And then sometimes when you run into CEOs and business owners, they're not sure what their expectations are. And if they don't know what their expectations are, is it really fair for you to try to hold somebody accountable when you weren't really clear yourself beforehand? That happens a lot too. So it's very important that number one, we understand that all those things go together. You need to know what you're looking for and what you're expecting out of someone. And then you need to know how to efficiently communicate and express that to the other party really before you can hold them accountable. Otherwise, it's just more like saying some words that doesn't make sense. So before I go into more of that, I just want to know, especially since we have Charles, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? If you guys popcorn still real quick, want to tell me your thoughts on just that first part that I said, you know, because it is an open conversation. Well, good morning, ladies. I had to jump in because this is definitely a great topic, how to hold your VA or your team accountable. My name is Charles Higgins. I own Pinnacle AI. We are a digital marketing and advertising company that features software and done for you services. But I definitely agree with you on the expectations. You do have to have clear and concise expectations. Otherwise, there's really no direction. And it starts at the top. You can't hold your VA accountable if you're not doing your job. And a big part of that job is setting clear and precise expectations for sure. I love that, Charles. I'm going to get into more of the expectation because one of the things that I have found many times too is that some business owners, some CEOs are not sure what they expect. They may know what they don't want or they may have an idea of what it doesn't look like or a little peek through of what it should look like. But they're really not sure because we all think differently. You get that VA, you start building your team, and you can give one set of directions, but it really could be interpreted, you know, four or five different ways. Especially the bigger the task, the more steps that you have. So what I wanted to do, of course, is take a portion of this to really talk about just how can you get to your expectations or what does that mean? Because I don't want to be vague with that because then people will be like, well, maybe she's right, but I don't, I still haven't gotten anything that's helpful or useful out of the conversation so I can understand what my expectations are. So one of them is just have your objective. 
what exactly is it that you're just trying to get out of it? What is just the end goal result that you want? Not necessarily the how-to, but just what is your objective? If you're going to have a meeting, what is the point of the meeting? If you're going to hire a VA, what exactly is the main point of them? But we would say, what is their main role? What's their main function? What is it that we really want them to do? And part of this is you can think about your pain points. You know, what is really ailing you as a business owner or CEO or whichever way perspective you're looking at this? What is really the problem that you're trying to solve? That's one of the main things and one of the main goals you're going to want to communicate to your VA or to your team that you are trying to solve. Whether it is, I'm trying to make more money, I'm trying to make more sales, I'm trying to have more time in my life, I'm not trying to be bogged down as much. You know, what are your main overall objectives? What are your main pain points that you want solved? Make sure you're clear on those things. And then that way you can express them to whoever's coming on so they have a better idea of what they need to do to be successful in your eyes. Also, if it is something such as a task, explain ideally how you would do it or how you see it going. Now, there are tasks that you really are very expert at you know how you would do it, you know how to do it, it just takes up more of your time, so you just want someone else to do it. In those cases, you should have an SOP set up, you should have tested your SOP, you know this is how it works, you have very little room for gaps and things to fall through the holes. Now, there's other things that you may not be quite as an expert in, and in those, you wanna make sure you have an ideal of how you would go about it. But because you're not the expert, you do also need to leave room for the other person to put their expertise in there and say, well, step one, step two is good. But what I think I would do here is step three is X, Y, Z. So always have an ideal of how you would go about it, how you think you should go about it. But if the reason why you're bringing on this person is for their expertise, you do want to leave them room to actually put in their expertise and put in their information and how they would do it or how it has been successful for them because that is one of the main reasons why you are bringing this person on. So make sure that you are looking at that. Another thing that I find with expectations is just communication. People have different communication styles. I have had people come to me and say, I want someone who's very good at communicating. What does that mean? (laughs) I mean, what I perceive as a person that has good communication and what you perceive as somebody who is good at communicating can be two totally different things. So you have to get that specific on what it is that you want. Do you need someone who has good turnaround time? And what is good turnaround time? Does that mean you want someone to get back with you during what is the norm business hours within 24 hours, eight hours? You know, what does that look like to you, basically? How do you like to receive feedback? Some of us don't like to receive feedback all the same kind of ways, and we don't receive it the same way. So sometimes it's actually good just to ask somebody, what is the best way for me to give you feedback? Some people may be like, you know what? I need you to write it down and send it to me first and then we can follow up with a meeting that gives them time to digest it where they don't sit here and feel like they're being attacked. Some people just are like, it doesn't matter to me. I want you to just tell me as soon as possible so I can fix it. But in this world of business, you're going to be able to receive feedback. And I do find that is very helpful if you ask somebody, what is the best way for me to give you feedback? Because our intention is not for someone to be so in their feelings that you have to put a pause on your work, but you do obviously want to be able to tell them, X, Y, Z may not be working for me, 
what are some solutions we can do? And just depending on the personality traits that you have, it could go in so many different ways. So I do feel like that's an important conversation to have with your clients or with your new team member. Some people know, some people don't know. And if they know, they will tell you. And if they don't know, they may be like, I never thought about that. And if they don't know, that's fine. That's something you can watch out for because as you have to give constructive feedback, then, you know, you can just kind of paste that and see. And it is a two-way street. So both parties really should know what's the best way to give feedback because sometimes the way they give it to you is not the way they want to take it. So I want to stop there. (laughs) Surely is not. Right. So don't make the assumption that, well, they give me feedback, you know, right here in the meeting or they give me feedback on this paper and just assume that that's also the way they like to receive it because that's just not true. So even though that's kind of a, I think a lot of people say a left field question, it is a question that sometimes I like to ask just so you guys can keep your working and professional business relationship, you know, good when it comes to those type of conversations. I agree with learning who you are teaming with and who your VAs are, right? You have to learn their personality. Everybody, as lovely stated, communication is different and can mean different things. I'm a direct person. If I am doing something wrong, I just want you to tell me, you know, I don't want to beat around the bush or I mean, I'm here for constructive criticism, but I know I'm just a straightforward person. But if I bring on a team member, I know that I will have to dial it back a little bit until we got to know each other to see if our personalities can relate for me to be as direct as I am or for them to feel that they're comfortable enough to be direct with me, right? I'm a pretty laid back person, but I still receive things and just shut it. No. Don't do it like that. If you try it this way, it'll be better, right? Where somebody else may feel that's harsh. So I definitely agree with that type of communication. Okay. I'm going to touch on the next part, which is just flat out logistics. If you're going to give a task and you say, hey, I want you to do this task, and that's your expectation, you need to give what some of us would think is just obvious, but you need to give the due date. When do you expect it back? You also need to give some type of idea of what you're expecting the quality to be. Whether that's, you know, here is a past presentation that I've used before. Here is a past website that I've had. Look at this material. But just so they have an idea of what your quality is, as well as your brand. Those, I feel like, I want to say, most of us don't have those issues. But there still may be people out there who's just not aware that you can't just say, hey, I need a website, and then that's it. (laughs) You know, hopefully, if you are getting someone for that, they have enough experience to kind of guide you through those questions if you're not even sure where to start to answer. But you need to have that feedback. There's more than just, I need a website, you know. How much do you want? What is the website going to be used for? What is your branding? What is the purpose? So all of these questions, so you can actually get the result that you're hoping for and you can hold them accountable. So I want to keep tying this back to accountability because I don't want people to just pop in and be like, okay, well, she's not talking about the accountability. Right now, I am talking about how to make your expectations clear because I feel like that is usually one of the issues with the accountability. A lot of things are just miscommunication or people had different expectations and there was assumptions made, but they weren't on the same page. Now, once you know somebody was on the same page, you have given them those tools. Now you can really hold them accountable because you know they had the tools, you've left space for communication, all of those things to start holding them accountable. So we will be going back into that part. Another thing is to go along with your accountability is the technology that you use to communicate. 
I'm not sure if that's another topic that you were going to go to, but I do believe you need that technology, right? Because you guys have to communicate one way or another. I know I use ClickUp. So in ClickUp, I can go in and I can see what if a team member is on, if, you know, if my VA is on, my intern is on, and I can see if they went into a task, right? Because you do have individuals that just come in and they're not sure. They don't understand, but instead of reaching out to you in that task or to see the time that it took them to do that task, however you have that technology set up, that is another way of holding them accountable, right? Because then they're going to know that, right? Okay, if I go into this task, they're going to know if I've been in it and how long I have been in it and if I have completed it by the due date. So I do believe the technology is very, very important as well to hold them accountable. Right. So you mean like a project manager. So you guys are conversating basically on one platform. Yes, because then you're going to be able to see the feedback. Right. And then with the feedback and holding them accountable, then they can hold you as the business owner accountable as well, because we do need to be held accountable, too. Right. It's the part of the communication. And if you're not understanding a task, like you said, stated earlier, then maybe I wasn't clear or whomever put the task out there wasn't clear. And I think the technology is a big part of it so that you can keep an eye on everything, you know, in case they come back to you. Oh, I did do this. Well, did you kind of do it? Because I don't see it here. I agree. Absolutely agree. Having a tool in place is extremely helpful. But you can have the tool in place and you didn't put a due date and someone didn't have it, you still can't hold them accountable. And those are the reasons why I sit here and I go back to the very beginning because I find that a lot of people miss that part on the accountability, which, you know, is the expectation. It's not clear. You know, maybe the expectation wasn't even clear that we are all going to use one platform, which is our project management, and we're going to use this for tasking. And then if you have communications, then you would need to do that, which would actually turn into an SOP. But the reality of it is, if you don't know your expectation, you can't communicate that, you can have the tools, you can say you're making SOPs, which just writing a list of what you think is not an SOP, but it's still not going to work because those expectations have to be clear. And it really should be from the time that VA accepts the position or the team, that partnership is made, I should say, that collaboration. But I would say, yes, technology is wonderful and those tools have made those things so easy to streamline and i think that's very helpful so yes you do and i did have platforms on here and you want to make sure that that's the expectation that you hit too so not just the due date not just response time you do want to think about what kind of skill sets you're looking for to help get to your objective to help clear up your pain points And you also want to make sure it's clear what this person is responsible for and how much of it that they are responsible for. Because that is also one of those big expectations that can be really, okay, well, are you doing this or am I doing this? And that can even go with the business owner. You know, how much of the business owner are you doing of this task? How much of it that you expect me to do it? So all those go into expectations. So it's just, if you can get your expectations pretty clear, then you're going to find it a lot easier to have these conversations about accountability and how to hold them accountable. Anything else anybody wants to add in just about expectations? Because then we'll go into, you know, keep holding them accountable. Well, I'll kind of touch on what, Shantae was speaking about when it comes to technology, because I think it comes back to, you know, communication, having expectations, you know, we use project management, you know, we use Basecamp. Um, That's what we've found works best for us and our clients. But going back to the conversation of learning and understanding how people that you know, on your team or VAs or even your clients communicate was a big part of why we even chose the platform that we use. You know, I I think 
not only from the accountability side and knowing what people are doing, but just from the communication side, um, you have to have a lot of this comes down to systems and processes. You have to have systems and processes in place. Otherwise you can have all the expectations in the world and you can define those, but if there's nothing to kind of keep it all together, the, the system is the glue that kind of holds all the different, um, pieces together. And I think that's one of, one of the early things that you need to figure out, um, as you're trying to grow a business or start a business is you really have to have, that's kind of your backbone. That that's the foundation of your business is having a system and process in place. So that's just, I, I think Shante brought up a great point and just wanted to reiterate that. Absolutely. And I love Basecamp. I do. I love it pricing wise. It is one of my more favorite project management systems. I did get to use it with a client and it was the first time that I used it. So I do love that. And I do think that's a great point. I just think I run into many people who don't even know the expectation to put it in a system or process. But I do feel like once you have that foundation of knowing what it is you want, systems and processes is extremely key. You know, it goes back to that, what can you eliminate? Then you automate, then you delegate. So I 110% agree with you there. And I do think it's that nice glue or bridge. So when you have your VA or you have your team, it helps hold everything together. But yes, yeah, so after you got your expectations and you're understanding the system you want to use and processes, then we want to have that conversation about holding your VA and your team accountable. And the reason why I say this is because I like to feel like I've given everybody their opportunity. You know, <laughs> we've clearly stated what we're looking for. We have a system in place. We have, you know, all of this. So now after you have put your expectations out there, it's clear. They seem clear. You have had your systems, your processes in place to make this streamline. Now, how are we really going to hold them accountable? So I would say you should have some way of also measuring how successful your team or your VA did to either help your pain point get clear, help the objective, meet your goal, basically. This can be qualitative, this could be quantitative, but you do need to have some type of way of measuring the success of your team your team member, your VA. And I think that is also very important. So that's another system that you would want to try to develop to see, okay, I hired this person for X, Y, Z reason. You know, is my reason being met? If it's a revenue reason, that's usually pretty easy to measure. Hey, are they bringing in the sales that I wanted, which, you know, there's some other stuff we can say about that. It's not always black and white, but for the sake of this conversation, you know, are they bringing in the sales that I wanted? Are they alleviating X, Y, Z amount of time that I was really after? Am I able to just leave my business and know that it's not going to just come crumbling down when I come back? You know, so all of those are different ways that we can actually measure the success of the collaboration that we have partnered with. So you need to have a way of measuring. Once you have a way of measuring, then you can start holding them accountable and it doesn't seem so personal. I'm going to just put that out there because I feel like if you don't have a way to measure, if I was to go to, to Shantae and just say, you know, I'm not feeling this anymore. <laughs> And I don't really have any quantitative reasons. I mean, you can always end a contract for, you know, in most cases for any reason. But, you know, it will be a lot better way to go through what I would say your next system, which is your disciplinary action process. They know it's coming. They know what they can work on. 
they can know if you just weren't a fit because for whatever reason, you guys just aren't getting clear even with all of the steps of the systems and places, the expectations, you're just still not getting clear, but you wanna have some way to measure. So they can also feel good. I know I want to feel good, like I'm bringing the value that I said I was gonna bring, and I want to have some way of measuring that as well. I want to be able to use those measurements you know, for testimonies, for other ways that I can help other potential clients. So there is some way that you want to put a system in place to start measuring basically the return on investment on that virtual assistant or that team. And me particularly, I am a big fan, which I know everybody isn't, but I am of disciplinary action process. I think this goes back to different learning styles. I know there's some people that they just like to tear off the Band-Aid. There's some people who is kind of not very clear about it. But I don't even like to call it disciplinary action. But, I mean, that's really what it is. But I do like to basically, you know, if you just came on within a month or 90 days and you know you didn't already did the three strikes or out i want to be able to conversate with you on that even though maybe we you know is said in a very understanding manner but i also as a business owner want to have space to be able to give feedback i think we're often looking at it just from one way but as a business owner You want to be in a position where you can give feedback. You want to be in a position where you can give critical, constructive criticism and you can give room for a person to also, you know, give it to you as well. But I like to have a process in place when I know that this needs to be communicated because I don't feel like my expectations are being met where they can also have room to give me feedback and then having next steps, you know? Okay, so what we're gonna do to try to resolve this issue is X, Y, Z. Try that. If we have to have that conversation one more time, then it's just like, you know, at this point, I just don't feel like we're gonna be a fit any longer because of X, Y, Z reason. We have been trying to resolve this and it's not getting resolved. So that is how I personally like to do it because I don't like anybody to be surprised. I'm not one of those people who like to be surprised. I mean, you're affecting people's financials. (laughs) And I know that might be the personal side coming in, but even if you're not happy with me, I would rather you let me know and give me time to fix it as well as look for other options and avenues if I need to. I do not want to be surprised and just like, what? (laughs) So you guys give me your feedback on that. If you have your own, I would love to hear, Charles, do you have your own process on how you hold uh, VAs or teams accountable? Yes, definitely have a process. And I will back up a little bit to say that I'm kind of like Shantae. I am a very blunt, direct person. I don't like wasting time on conversations. I just want the facts and let's get down and do it. But I definitely have to pull myself back when it comes to managing our team. But we do have a, just like a traditional brick and mortar, we have a process in place to deal with either lack of performance or insubordination or whatever it may be attendance, communication issues. It's three write-ups, you're out. You are fired. And it's all clearly documented. And we make sure that when we hire new people onto the team, that they understand that, yes, it is a full remote position. We don't do necessarily hours because we're task-oriented, not hourly-oriented or project-oriented. So it's made very clear that you have expectations. The expectations are clear. Everything is assigned to you. Everything that you need to be able to do that assignment is right in the same place. That's one of the reasons why I love Basecamp is because they all our images, videos, anything we need is right there. 
So there's never any excuse, but I will say, I mean, that it falls back to me as a business owner that if I don't give them the tools and processes to be able to do their job to the best of their ability, I can't hold them accountable. I can't reprimand them for not meeting a deadline when I didn't give them the roadmap to success. And that's something I have to hold myself accountable to. I have to, you know, reprimand myself and, I, and I've had to do it. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm a human being. Um, I've made mistakes. I've let my team down. And, but at the end of the day, we definitely do have a set process in place. It's no different than a brick and mortar, except, you know, they don't clock in for and clock out or take lunch at certain times. It's about the only difference, really. Communication is still very big, even more so than in a traditional brick and mortar business. Communication is even more important for us. But yes, there are definite clear expectations and consequences. Are there expectations in the first 90 days, right? So if you have, like, you bring in someone on, you don't know if they're, you know, they seem like they're going to be a good fit, but in that first 90 days or three months or whatever your length is, if they were to mess up in that time frame, are you watching harder? And this is for anybody, just an open question. Are you paying attention to them with greater detail because like you're, you know, you feel, okay, you just came on and like you stated, all of the information is right here, or you could have asked another team member and they're going to assist you best that they can. Right. But if you mess up then during that trial, do you continue to monitor for another set of months? Um, say another three months to see what happens in that gap or like, how is that process? I'm, I, I am asking for myself. Yeah. So with that, and maybe this is part of my bluntness. So all that is handled during the interview process for me. So whenever I will not hire anybody to work for me, unless they acknowledge the fact that they are familiar, not just, oh, I used it one time five years ago, but they're familiar with the platforms that we use. Because our systems and processes are set in stone. They're not changing unless something huge happens. We're not changing platforms. We're not doing anything like that. So during the initial hiring, the interview, I make sure that they're familiar with our CRM platform. They're familiar with our social media management platform. They're familiar with our project management platform and that they have reliable internet and are able to make, as long as they have internet, we provide them with their own phone and everything. So they understand that they are expected to be able to use these systems efficiently. And then it's clearly set out in their employment contract what their expectations are for their job. And it's, it's not very elaborate because everything is, if they understand how to use Basecamp, and they are familiar with Basecamp, they understand, and we tell them that we are a project and task-centric company. We don't log hours unless it's like a special project that has to be done hourly. But 99.99% of the time, we are project and task-based, and they understand that they are required to meet their deadlines for those tasks and projects. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If their internet goes out, then go find a McDonald's or something and go get internet. I, I don't care what you have to do. That's not my problem. When you sign on to this job, you're committing to this expectation. And so I lay out the expectations from the initial interview because I don't want to waste 90 days of paying someone that ultimately is not going to work out. That is just money out of my pocket. And it's time. The money I don't care about as much as the time spent and wasted. So I set the expectations very crystal clear from the very beginning in the interview. And I, I give them the opportunity to back out. Hey, look, if you don't feel this is for you, I am totally good. Won't ever say a bad thing. Actually, I'll probably recommend you 
just because you're honest and transparent with the fact that this may not be a good fit for you. So I don't actually go through that whole 90-day trial period. Now, Charles, I have a couple. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Shante. I have one. Well, I thought I had two, but at least I have one question that's still in my head. Are these employees or are these subcontractors? They're all 1099 employees. Yeah. Gotcha. I am 110% with you on that. <laughs> I think one of the biggest mistakes you can do is necessarily put a timeline on how many are on how much time you're going to put on somebody, especially if you see they're not a fit. If they're not a fit, they don't need to have 90 days. They don't need to have 30 days. You know, they don't need to have a week. Now, I will say, Charles, I'm not going to say I don't care about the money because even the time spent is time I could have spent doing other things, making money elsewhere. So you are draining me. And the longer you keep someone that you ultimately really know that they aren't the fit, they aren't the one, you are using up more of your resources to include money and time, period. <laughs> and it's not, it's not a good fit. It's just not. Oh, it's, it's very true. And, and you know, I, and the reason I say time is I, I don't worry as much about the money as I do the time is because time is one thing that I cannot get back. Right. I can always make more money. That That's not an issue. The issue is, is that I cannot get time back. That's time I could have spent with my kids. It's time I could have spent with my family. It's time that I could have spent developing relationships with potential clients. Absolutely. That's the stuff I can't get back. I can always make more money. So that's why I look at it that way. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. I would say there's almost nothing worse than keeping someone on that you know that you need to let go in so many different ways. As soon as you really know that this is just not a fit, it's not going to work, you need to let that go. It is draining. And it holds you back. It holds your business back. It's just not, it's not good. Now, it's not always easy. That's why I personally, I do have those conversations because I like to be clear. <laughs> I don't want anyone feeling like when I let them go, this was a shock. But that's just part of my transparency. And I know that there are some people who, who are always like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. I want to make sure I'm prepared. But I personally just feel like if you are prepared enough and you know enough where you're able to go out there and you are looking for other people and other VAs, then they should have the same right to look for other opportunities as well. But that's just my personal thought on that. And trust me, I know other people definitely look at that all different ways. But just my personal thought. I do not want you to be surprised. I want you to know. <laughs> I want you to know too. I yeah. Sure but I think you would you would know because majority of the individuals. No, 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 you don't. You do not always know. I, I've, I there are so many situations right now I'm looking at, and I know these people do not know. <laughs> Even if you had to reprimand them in some type of way or communicated with them, oh, okay, I see you did this, whoop de whoop de whoop, and this is my fourth time initiating this conversation with you to say X, Y, and Z, you know, we're back here again. I mean, like Charles said, like a brick and mortar, back to your regular corporate America job. Like, you know, and you felt when like, yo, you was on thin ice. I don't, I don't, I don't think I understand how that's not interpreted the same way, unless that- You don't have a process. Everyone, uh, that's why uh, we made that as a step. You know, like I'm, I'm with Charles. I'm a three strike, you're out. Like I can't keep talking to you over and over about the same stuff, especially if it's the same stuff. It may be a two strikes, you're out of the same stuff because I just don't understand why we keep talking about it. But, <laughs> you know, but the reality of it is, is everybody doesn't even have a system in place for letting go of people. For a lot yeah. of people, that's very difficult. And I would be lying to say that it's not difficult because it is difficult. And I think the closer you are with that person, the more difficult it is. 
but the reality of it is it's just you have to make business and personal somewhat separate and when it gets to that point you have someone personal i think we brought this up jennifer that you're you know someone personal that may be working with you or so forth this is where it can get kind of sticky because there may be a point where i don't care how well you know that person it's just not a fit for your business and it's it's got to be about your business first so yes have that disciplinary action process now is this outlined in the not onboarding i don't think but in your welcome packet do you have these expectations for clients or team members in that welcome okay so there's a section in there that states this is what happens if you don't do things accordingly or there's one two three strikes you're out some type of wording do you I, do you understand what i'm saying is it stated yeah. clearly is that something that needs to be in there so that well, they understand the first time i come at you you already know you got three more i mean two more times <laughs> from reading that paper that you agreed to okay you read it now if i have to come at you again you know almost like mommy and them however is it there and then how do you hold the accountability if team member or client did not receive any such information well you know this is where i'm sure charles would bite my head off <laughs> i feel i and i hate to say this this is where my i, I will admit it my hypocrisy lies I feel like sometimes things are on a case-by-case -case basis. And this is also part where we need to make our own boundaries as business owners. So I'm gonna talk about the team or your VA first, okay? I would, first of all, what he was talking about is when they're hired, you should have a very clear, what I know it as, scope of work. That is not just your role, but the expectation of what your role entails. And I do have templates of it, and it is so detailed. It is so deep. <laughs> I learned this from one of my clients. Girl, it will give you a headache. But trust me, about time you get done, I mean, if it is your, your job to put the periods at the end of the sentence, it's in that scope of work. So you are very crystal clear about what it is you're responsible for, what it is your role is, so forth. Now, I would not put a disciplinary action necessarily in a welcome packet, because I'm not sure I want to be welcomed like that. <laughs> you know? But isn't that part of setting the boundaries? It is. You could definitely put it in there. But for me, you know, maybe you want to have orientation. This is just me. You can definitely put it in your welcome package, Shante. <laughs> but like can. I said, for me, <laughs> I don't want to be welcome like that. I don't want to be excited that I'm coming on your team. I'm working for Shante's VA. And then you're going to talk about that look, lovely. If I got to come to you the first time, we got problems. Now, the second time, I'm already tired of you. The third time, you already get your stuff and get up out the door. You know, so it's... <laughs> Each individual is already programmed like that, coming from a, a regular That's not job. true. That is not true. And those are the assumptions that we have to throw out. Everybody okay. thinks differently. Everybody is not programmed that way. Everybody is not coming from corporate America. Everybody doesn't have necessarily that experience. Okay. So you do want to keep that in mind. And this is not about them and what they did out there. It's about coming into your particular company and how you're setting the tone. Now, you can very well use corporate America and your experiences as a template for that and put it in a welcome pack. But like I, I think for me, I would have an orientation and part of the orientation where we're getting to know each other and stuff like that. I like to have an orientation. Now I get it, depending on how big your team is and who you are as a person, direct and whatever, you may not feel the need for that. But for me, it also gives me a little bit more feel for who I'm working with. 
So I like to have that orientation. I like them to feel like they are welcome, not just by anybody, but me, myself, onto my team. And then, yeah, I would have a section in there talking about disciplinary action and how I normally go about it. I am, I think, an overthinker. (laughs) And like I said, this is where my hypocrisy comes in at. I do feel like things are case by case basis. Because let's say you ended up staying with me for three years, but I've talked to you three times. I'm not sure that necessarily means I'm going to let you go. Oh, no. Does that I would think, I mean, okay, I understand that scenario. But see, when you put stuff in writing for me, I take it very literal. If you're going to tell me three strikes, you're out. Is there a time frame? Is there a space? Is there a point system? You know, there's some people that do point systems. Maybe after so long, you can add points back. But when you you put right, like I'm, I'm a freelancer and this is where my abstract mind goes. So I don't like to put things like that quite concrete but if that works for you hey yes that's all about boundaries nothing wrong with it I would go with it but you know and what if I had to talk to somebody about maybe not showing up for client work I might hold that a little bit heavier than I had to talk to you because you know something something with me you know so I just find that there's for me there's too many variables and this is probably my overthinking, Shantae. So please, you guys, do not necessarily use me as an example. <laughs> but there's too many variables. At the end of the day, your contract says at any given reason, the contractor and the contractee can, you know, let go of their contract at any time, basically for any given reason. You know, or you may have a 14-day notice or whatever you got in there. So that's really the contract. So reality is, if you didn't really frustrated me, you didn't just self-sabotage my business, I'm not going to give you three strikes. You you got to go now. And then on the other hand, if you did something, and I feel like we really do need to have a talk about it because it's becoming a problem, but you fixed it and so forth and then maybe later on you start falling back then that may be one of those things where you're like okay well you know we can go on and we could go forward so yes Shantae when it comes to that part I'm not the best example for because I just feel like there are a lot of variables and I take all of those variables in consideration when it comes to the point of is it worth it to let this person go or not I get you and I understand. And I started an internship and this was one of the questions that I was asked. And I am, I think, trained still in that corporate America on certain things. So I was like, ooh, I don't know. So I figured I would ask because I want to be able to help whoever chooses to join my internship on all different viewpoints. So I was I was just curious. I was just curious, but at least I have something to go back with and something to reflect within myself because I do have it in there, you know, the disciplinary. And it wasn't a negative type of um, reaction. It wasn't at all. But then again, to me, this goes back to the topic of accountability. If they didn't know that I had those provisions in there. I didn't know if they were going to work as hard or just ghost me like some VAs do or some internships. I mean, internship, you're getting experience, not money, right? So I I was, I really didn't know how to do that. So I thought I would ask. So thank you. I got, I got a new, another viewpoint to ponder on and write some stuff about. Absolutely. I mean, another thing I should say that I loved about what Charles says is as a business owner, I'm pretty sure at some point we all have been in that seat where it's like we really couldn't even be mad at our VA or our team because we really didn't do what we were supposed to do. And that's why I love to drive expectations and really thinking about what you're doing first before you even start putting it into a system 
and and processes because a lot of people, a lot of business owners, they don't know. And you can't hold your team accountable if you don't have your stuff together. Like you just don't. And you can't think, there's no possible way for everybody to think of everything beforehand. You can think of as many things as possible beforehand, but you can't always think of everything. So there is that really big point to where there's going to be some point where I disappoint my team or, you know, there's, it's there. It's definitely twofold. So I also like to think, even though I know it's still different when someone else is paying your invoice, but I like to think that I can get that feedback as well, you know, especially if it becomes an issue for my team. So you want to allow it. And that's a big difference between having employees and freelancers. So I also want to put that out there because there has to be an understanding that you can't just do everything that you did in the corporate world. Because most people aren't trying to start businesses and be their own boss and be a freelancer because they want to work like they did in the brick and mortar. I'm just saying that needs to be an understanding. (laughs) And that's both ways. So when you bring on a VA or you start hiring your team, I mean, if you want to use that as a template, hey, go for it, because that really may work for you. And that structure, you know, some people need like more and more structure, but there also needs to be an understanding that people, you know, they became freelancers for a reason. They became, you know, their own boss for a reason. And that needs to also be understood in in there. So that's why there's always a way to word things, though, Shantae, I will say that. So you can say, this is an example of a template that we use for disciplinary action. However, everything may be done on a case-to-case basis. There's always a legal way to word stuff. (laughs) Boom. I didn't have enough time to put my uh, explosive emoji out there before I came off. But yeah. Yeah. But you can definitely put that. But things in writings kind of makes me nervous. Especially if I, because I'm just such an extremist sometimes. And I've been, <laughs> I don't know if this is good or bad, y'all, but I've been in enough legal situations to know that you do not play with words. And then you oh. definitely don't play with words when it's in writ and when you write them down. So you need to be careful about what you write. Do not just think, oh, well, they'll know what I understand or what I'm trying to say, because that's just not necessarily true. And those words that you you speak and definitely wrote down can be held against you. <laughs> yes, they can. Because so. <laughs> I, 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 when, when it was brought to my attention, I'm like, mm, what you mean? You know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, don't be beating around the bush, especially not on something I've done wrote. I need you to be like, hey, girl, look at this right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. But like I said, it wasn't a bad feedback. It just made me think a tad bit differently. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad or anything like that. But having an intern and then getting a subcontractor, I had to think of it as a subcontractor is like, hey, girl, you tripping. You know, where the intern, they are eager to get the information and I just don't want it to be so far-fetched right mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm at I, I, I just don't want them to take anything that they're getting from me and then don't freak it out so to speak to fit so yeah I just want to, that was that was for me the accountability aspect for it because now I have to hold myself accountable go back to them and let's have this conversation like let me see how you feel about those words because you didn't Mm -hmm. say anything to me let me just make sure we're on the same path or let me explain a little bit differently and the great thing about being the business owner you go ahead and you change that template change them words feedback update Mm -hmm. all the time that's holding myself accountable for making my atmosphere more comfortable for anybody else coming to join it Absolutely. And, you know, as you grow and you'll get different people who see it different ways, like I started off with. And then the wonderful thing about it is that's how you're going to find your really sweet spot, because so many different people are going to give you different perceptions, different 
ways of how they view it, how they take it. And then after a while, you'll have it like, this is exactly what I need. It covers pretty much all the gaps and is still expressing how Shantae's VA LLC works versus, you know, just this, this, and this. So that's what, that's what I love about it. I mean, I love learning. You have to love learning when you have your own business, but yeah. That's why some things you will not see me actually write down. (laughs) I will tell you. I will tell you. But there is always a way. So if you're one of, and I'm, sometimes I think I'm just an extremist when I think about things too. But yeah, you can always say, you know, this is an example of how we do, but all situations can be done on a case by case basis or something like that. Is there anything you feel like we did not cover, Shantae? No, but I am going to definitely do the tech talk. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. I mean, off off record, we'll talk about that because there's this person and they just like, well, how many systems do I need? And why can't we use this for this? And why can't we use that for that? And why can't? And I said, you know what? This would be a really good conversation because I get it. I get it. If I was just starting my digital business, I would be like, why do I need so many different systems and for what and for why? And yeah, so. I think that is so interesting. And the reason why is because I know you just have a blog come out and it is, uh, I believe the title is the five tools a virtual assistant need in their business if they're just starting out. That is so interesting. (laughs) I love how you just be throwing that out there and Jennifer be just doing the little spokesperson, hype person. (laughs) They're not, you know, set up for this, y'all. So (laughs) I have no idea what blogs be coming out. I just get told that they're very good. So definitely make sure you go by and read those blogs and see how all that's going. Okay. So if there is nothing else, did you ladies want to share anything that is going on that you are doing? As always, you can check out any books that I have on Amazon. I should have some new ones coming out by the end of the month, Lord's willing. And my internship, I am actually just going through it with this one particular intern right now to see how I can get it. But at the end of the year, I do believe I am going to just put it just out there for any new VAs. So uh, this is a great experience. And so far, I am learning it. We're two weeks. um, I'm enjoying it. We're two weeks in. But I will be throwing in questions here and there. Just so by the time I get ready to launch it, I'll be more well-rounded. I think that's exciting. I might have to get me an internship uh, program going in. I might have to look into that myself. Okay. Well, you guys, I have the same old, same old things going on for the most part. We have the virtual assistant lounge. So if you're just starting your journey to virtual assisting, being your own boss and selling your services professionally online, Definitely, definitely go ahead and, you know, get in contact with me. We do have the virtual assistant lounge, which is going to help provide you with some wonderful templates like contracts and so forth. That's going to help jumpstart your career and getting that off. If you are interested in some coaching, we do have our group coaching. It will be starting in the month of September and it is called the CEO corner. I think that's what Jennifer was speaking about. And it's 167 a month. We are going to be meeting three Saturdays of each month. You pay up monthly. That way, if you feel like you got what you needed, if you feel like you need something more, you do not have that strenuous commitment, but you do get that coaching. You get to be around other people who's going through the similar processes, learn from their processes, their ups and downs. So I really think that's a really great thing. And then that is the only thing right now that I'm going to go ahead and put out. If you are a business owner and you need some assistance with getting your expectations clear and also getting streamlined with your systems and processes, 
also feel free to contact me. I am the founder of Lovely Occasions and Etc., which is a virtual assistant agency, and we will be more than happy to assist you with that. We do specialize in teams. So with that being said, Jennifer, is there something you want to put in there? So for me, well, I am an exceptional virtual assistant, just so you guys know. (laughs) You can contact me if you click on my Instagram page. Daisy Signature Services at um, on Instagram, and you will be able to see my contact form. If you are in need of an exceptional virtual assistant, that is me. Bookkeeping Services will launch September, more than likely mid-September, and CRM Setup for HoneyBook will likely launch in November. So, yeah, if you guys are in need of a virtual assistant and you know what you need and you have it in your budget, then <laughs> reach out to me, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you, lovely. And Shantae. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sorry I had to piggyback off of Jennifer's honey book. <laughs> Next month, I do believe in September, I will be doing VIP days to convert your classic templates into smart files. So that is fun, and they are beautiful. All right. So you guys heard it here. We are here to serve. Thank you for listening to Two VAs and a Mic. I'm Shantae Harris. And I'm Lovely Brooks. Until next time. Until next time. Peace.